Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Christmas Pageant of Hope, Take Two. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, it's year two for the Children's Christmas Pageant of Hope. That's our take two. Let's mm-hmm. start with the obvious question. Why are we still doing an online video? It's a great question. Our children and youth in our congregation, we are lucky to have between 25 and 30 kids, the majority of whom are all under the age of 12. So while a few of them were able to get in right away on the beginning of the vaccinations, we will not have all of them vaccinated with their double dose and weeks of waiting after that second dose by the time we have our pageant, which is this weekend. Fun fact, it is much harder to get these doses in the Pacific Northwest than in many other parts of the country. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't realize that. No, I got a lot of family back in the Midwest who had their boosters right away. And I was like, "Mm, nobody will schedule me anything. Yeah. So with our kids, we wanted to make certain that we had plans in advance. Parents are tired. Everyone is you know, overwhelmed and weary. And we made our decision about sticking to a video Christmas pageant before the vaccinations were approved, just so that we could have the plans on the books, know what we were going to be doing, communicate with our families and let them know that we were going to be opting for safety and inclusivity. We also happen to have some kids who are under that five-year-old age who remain ineligible for vaccinations that really want to participate. So we go for maximum accessibility. And for that purpose, we are doing video yet again this year. Okay. Is it the same script or have you modified it a little bit? It is the same script. Okay. Did people ask for specific scenes or did they want to try again on whatever they had last year? That's a great question. And I would have to defer to Deacon Bonnie on that. Deacon is the one who is doing all of the arranging and gathering from the young families, which is amazing and incredibly helpful and wonderful work and great relational stuff. I believe that we are giving out the scenes so that you have a different option this year, like looking at a different section of the scripture. So while the whole entire thing is the same story, different students will be telling it from their perspective. And it gives the students an opportunity to learn another piece of this whole rich bit of our scripture. Because you already had the script on hand I know you weren't necessarily scrambling to get the words right at the end. Did you give them more time this year or is it the same sort of time frame for the kids to do it and get it done other than having forever to put it off the way people (laughs) tend to do? I believe we kept it similar as far as how long people had, but we really do try to keep in mind things like when is break going to begin? Can we get it to them before a break when they have some time off or an extra weekend? Or what is the public school calendar like? So will they have an extra time here or there? We try to keep those things in mind when we choose the pageant date. The pageant date has usually been the third Sunday of Advent for us here at Central. So we just backed up the deadline for turning in the videos to give us a little bit of time. It's a short turnaround from video turn-in 
to final video production this year. Mm -hmm. And part of that, I think we gave ourselves two weeks between the deadline and the actual pageant this last year. This year we didn't, but we have adults who are planning on doing the video editing to put everything together versus having a high school student do it this year. So we didn't have quite the same kind of security safety net of time built in this year. What was the feedback from the people? Were they excited to do this again or were the kids a little burned out on having to produce something else? What I heard from Deacon was that when she sent out the email and let families know that this would be happening, and I think she sent it out probably two months ago, maybe towards the beginning of the school year. Mm -hmm. Within a week, week and a half, we had all of the families committed. Nice. It was quick that folks were willing and eager to be a part of it. It was something that they had enjoyed being a part of last year and that is bringing hope and potential. And so, yeah, they hopped on. Now, if people have been listening for the past couple of weeks, they would know that the Advent wreath words this year are not quite the same pageant of hope kind of direction. Mm -hmm. So just remind us, what exactly is in your pageant of hope? that the kids are doing scenes from? So the pageant of hope, what people will see is Luke chapter one and two. And what is behind the work is an opportunity for families to dig into the scripture. And folks are welcome to download it and use it as a kind of devotional over the next couple of weeks. There are, I believe, 12 scenes total in it. There's a prologue and an epilogue because we had some students hop in at the end last year. Mm -hmm. So I think there are 12 sections total and there's kind of a setting the scene similar to what I did with the Easter pageant of hope. There's a setting of the scene and then an exploration and imagination portion and some questions. And each scene kind of leaning in and focusing on the skills and the things that we need to build resiliency and hope. And so it's an opportunity for learning. It's an opportunity for definitely diving into scriptural analysis and encountering faith and hope building skills in a really tangible, hands-on kind of way. Did you learn anything from last year that changed how you decided to do this pageant this year? Or was it just straight ahead, things worked well, we're going for it? I think one of the pieces that we recognize is that this really has given an opportunity for families to do faith formation at home together, to really dig into scripture and story together. It's one thing to show up on a Sunday morning and go upstairs and choose to put on an angel halo or a sheep snuggie and then come downstairs and walk across the chancel as an angel or a sheep. And there's nothing wrong with ad hoc, let's tell the story together, have a lot of fun, silly nativities. I love them. They are so much fun to do. And there's some real cool stuff that happens when... Well, we got our first scene back. 
And we got it on Saturday Mm -hmm. when we were working on trying to get our tech to work correctly. And Deacon and I were in my office and we were frustrated because Facebook and Zoom weren't holding hands well and everybody was being mean. And Deacon got a text and it was the first of the scenes being texted over. And we sat and watched it on her phone in my office. And the scene is the scene where Zachariah has been told that he is going to be in the temple overnight and he's going to serve in the temple. This is when the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah to tell him that he's going to have a son and name him John. Mm -hmm. And it's a section of the scripture in the Christmas story we haven't historically always told, right? We normally just do the whole manger scene, Mm -hmm. but we do the whole first couple chapters of Luke. So we get Zechariah and Elizabeth too. And here was this super awesome version where they had drawn the scenes. Oh, really? And so not only had they spent time with the verses and the story and the characters and knew how to say the word Zachariah. (laughs) That's a lot. Right? But they had drawn out what they imagined happening in these scenes. And like, it's a page turn. Mm -hmm. And they're so good. They're so fun. The drawings are so fun. And I was standing there literally hopping up and down. Deacon had tears in her eyes. I just, this opportunity to see our families digging into the story, having conversations together, And creating these beautiful pieces together, these little one to two minute videos, Mm -hmm. it's true faith formation. It's really learning the story. And that has a unique and powerful, powerful outcome. I think the most wonderful part of it for me watching it last year was where you see the kids falling back on sort of the pop culture understanding of these things and Mm -hmm. who they choose for particular characters and then where they just go totally off the rails and (laughs) will be holding their you know cat as baby Jesus Uh and it doesn't bother them at all to mix those up and use their imagination in a way that helps us remember that we often get stuck in ruts in how we understand these things. Totally. And the beauty of just, I don't know, it's been a long time since I have played, like just played, right? With with pets or with stuffed animals or Legos or any of the things. I think Elizabeth and Mary last year were... Wonder Woman, I know Wonder Woman showed up Uh as Elizabeth, right? Like, that's just kind of cool for a young child to equate the mother of John the Baptist to Wonder Woman. That's a fun connection. (laughs) Yeah, it was always fascinating to see where their little minds went with such things. Totally. Okay, so if we hit year three of this... Mm-hmm. because the pandemic just isn't going anywhere. Or if we choose to continue to do the videos because it's great faith formation. Could be. Regardless of pandemic. Regardless. Will you open it up to the adults as well if anybody is eager to join in the fun, or are you going to leave it to the kids? That's a great question. 
I, I don't know. I have no idea. I wonder if adults would get worried about doing it right. Sure. Or would turn it into competition. Nobody's expressed any interest in joining the fun. They're just super excited to see the kids. I don't know if people have even thought that they could be a part of the fun. <laughs> sure. Then again, during the Easter pageant of hope, we did have a couple confirmation families participate because the topic on the Easter pageant is pretty hefty mm-hmm. and pretty hard. And a couple of families had just gotten to a point where they needed to step back. Mm-hmm. And so our high school families, a couple of them hopped in. And so a couple of adults participated in it last year for those scenes. I remember particularly the trial with Pilot was done by a family of uh, a high school student. Mm -hmm. So there's always potential. We could certainly continue to explore it. Now, last year we were still all online and we just hit play on this video and let it go. How Mm -hmm. is this going to work this year with the hybrid worship? I don't know yet. Okay. (laughs) The plan right now, as best I can get it, is that I believe that what we're going to do is if we start in the sanctuary, we will move to the fellowship hall for the pageant time. Okay. As a reminder to people who've never been to Central, there is no big screen up at the front of the sanctuary. No, we have no screens in our sanctuary and our sound system which is being replaced, is in the middle of being replaced. Oh, that's fun. And so our soundboard is probably somewhere on a ship in the ocean right now, along with so many other things. Mm -hmm. So we're working with not our full new sound system yet at all. And so we're definitely technologically challenged in the big sanctuary room. So to be able to have clear audio and good view, Mm -hmm. the plan will be to watch the pageant in the fellowship hall on the big screen TV that we have in there. Whether we begin our worship service in there and then we move to the sanctuary or whether we begin in the sanctuary and move to the fellowship hall and then move back to the sanctuary, I don't quite know yet. It is fascinating to me that the second year this is happening, for once those who are choosing to be online, for whatever reason, are going to have kind of a better front row seat than those (laughs) perhaps who are in person. Possibly. You might very much be able to like hear better. The TV and sound system in the Fellowship Hall is pretty good, but it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like change and creativity to bring out the best iterations of, we have no idea, but we're going to try it and see what happens. <laughs> okay, I want to get back to the Advent wreath for just a second, because I know that's going to come before the Pageant of Hope. And the third Sunday is going to be something not hope. Right. So how are you going to transition from that into the joy of the pageant? Has that been a problem so far in the services or has it been going well? You know, you'll just have to show up on Sunday and find out with me. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Do you think the kids with the vaccinations being approved, ages at least five and up, are 
going to start trickling back into the worship service? Because you even have taken what used to be the children's lesson, and I'm using air quotes, and turned it into the object lesson. (laughs) Because there aren't as many kids in the service anymore. Or is the lure of the pajamas and online worship and snuggling in on a couch just too great? I think that whatever our future holds will be different. I think that families with children will be a part of our worship service one way or another as we move forward. For now, the object lesson has been replacing that children's sermon because we do have kids who are showing up, Mm -hmm. but those kids haven't wanted to be the only ones to come forward. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And we strongly prioritize consent. And so if a kid doesn't consent to being on the spot and being up there and feeling like they're being used for a show, then we open it up and we do it another way. We still meet them where they are. So it may be that in the months to come, we have weeks where I check in with whatever young people are in the room and they're up for coming up front for a children's sermon, old school style. But for now, their consent has mattered more. And so it becomes an object lesson for everyone. And knowing that it's still real scary for young families. And our young families, a lot of them, all of y'all with kids in school, are putting so much of your risk chips into sending kids to school right now. Mm -hmm. And that's where the risk chips need to be. We can be present with and alongside and loving kids without being one more place of exposure. And I think for families as well, there's the idea of not wanting to be the family whose kid is going to a 3,000 person high school who comes to church on a Sunday and exposes the 90 year old. Sure. So we continue to find a way forward. Well, and you also have the other half of that where you're the one kid that all of the adults in the room are super excited to see. And that kind of attention can be quite scary too. Totally. Especially when you've just spent a year and a half to two years of your formative life years Mm -hmm. secluded and don't remember any of these people. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. It's going to take a lot to find our way back to, or I don't want to use the say back to, it's going to take a lot to find a way through. Mm Mm-hmm this new way of being together and into whatever it is that we end up with. And it may mean that we have some more video pageants and it may mean that we continue to shift things up. But the most important thing is that we continue to be present alongside of one another in whatever way that means as we look to what the future holds. Total sidebar. It is fascinating to me seeing how different churches and different congregations are trying to navigate these waters as we have just passed the 500th anniversary of Luther, Mm -hmm. which is when you've talked in the past on the podcast about how things go through a 500-year cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic is forcing certain things in a way. It's going to be interesting to see how it all kind of shakes out. Well, and if we think back to the Reformation, Martin Luther not only had that 500-year mark, but had a plague yes, that he did. ravaged through and had a major war and conflict that ravaged through mm-hmm. in his lifetime. So 
understanding that big, massive changes like this come out of situations exactly like we are living through. Yep. And being open to wondering what that can mean and holding space and keeping touch with one another as best we can. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the Christmas Pageant of Hope Take Two. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And you are all welcome to come and join us for the Christmas Pageant of Hope. If you can't join us this coming Sunday for worship, you are welcome to catch it back on Facebook or find it on YouTube and enjoy the incredible creation of these young folks. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.